0: DJ and PK brought to you in part by Zero Res. When you get the carpets clean, it's never just clean, it's Zero Res clean. Don't have it any other way. Just $33 per room clean plus a fourth room free. You deserve the best. You deserve Zero Res. Schedule with Zero Res today by calling them at 801 288 9376 or schedule online by searching for Zero Res Carpet Cleaning. All right, we got multiple things going on this morning. Just talked about the U.S. losing their Olympic opener. The you other know, basketball news out there, Bleacher Report with a story. And these have been uh, these items have been out there in different combinations. Bleacher Report has them all in one spot. Uh, they write, the Utah Jazz are known to be one of the few teams actually searching to move playoff-tested talent. Retaining Mike Conley is an off-season priority. You've heard that multiple times. Sources said. And the Jazz have held numerous discussions with teams around the league about offloading salary to create room for Conley and free agency. League personnel most often mention Joe Ingles as the Jazz wing to watch, and William Bogdanovich and Royce O'Neal are also considered available for trade, as Utah narrows its focus towards building a contender around Donovan Mitchell. The Jazz are also open to discussing trading their number 30 pick, sources said. Can they move favors? Can they move the first-round pick? Wouldn't surprise me if either of those things happen. We'll talk about those things later in the show. Right now, it's time to welcome in Ryan Abraham, uscfootball.com, host of the podcast of Champions and a frequent guest here on the show during the college football season or whenever college football starts making news. And right now, well, it's both things. Here comes media day. And here comes another round of realignment speculation. Ryan, good morning.
1: Good morning. Yeah, it's uh, sort of a weird off-season with the summer and all that stuff. Now, it's just uh, we're hitting the ground running uh, with Paco Media Day tomorrow and all this Texas and Oklahoma news going, changing the whole sport.
0: So, Oklahoma and Texas, what have you heard in Los Angeles? How does this reverberate? What do you know?
1: Yeah, it's funny because you know you were looking forward to uh, the new leadership in the Pac-12, George Layoffkov coming in, Larry Scott uh, going out, and you know want to make as big of a splash as you can. There's the media rights deal coming up in a couple of years and all that. And this is just news that can dwarf anything that the Pac-12 is going to do. Um, I mean, we should find out probably today or tomorrow that Texas Oklahoma sending in this letter and uh, you know expressing their interest in leaving the conference. And you know it looks like it's going to be the SEC, but I think it just puts the Pac-12 on notice that uh, it's. It's good in one aspect that one of your rivals, the, the Big 12, will be gutted and, and you're going to move up the hierarchy no matter what. The Big 12 actually gets a pretty good payday for each of their schools. But what are you going to do to try to compete uh, in this new landscape? So it's it's definitely changed the game and it's not going to make it easy for George Kavkoff <laughs> to try to uh, put his stamp on the West Coast uh, football. There's, there's some advantages, but there's going to be some disadvantages. Uh, the good thing, though, is that the Big 12 won't be a threat anymore. It looks like that league's probably going to dissolve, and maybe there's some pieces there that the Pac-12 can pick up.
0: So two things jump out at me right away. It's always two things. It's never one or three with me. It's always two. There's probably three things that should jump out at me, but my brain can't handle that. Just can't do it. I'm limited. (sighs) The first thing is that, well, to your point, what pieces do they want to pick up, right? Well, the pieces they wanted, the pieces they wanted a decade ago when they – took Colorado and Utah. They wanted Oklahoma and Texas. They're the biggest brand names. They bring the most value, and now they can't have those. The pieces they were willing to accept to get Oklahoma and Texas, which have some value, but not enormous value, Oklahoma State football has had a lot of success. They've poured a lot of resources into their program, even when they have coaches change going forward. you know I can see Oklahoma State being good. Texas Tech, I suppose, uh, man, I just don't see Baylor. I'm not sure I see TCU. I really don't see Baylor. Uh, Kansas and Kansas State, Iowa State, West Virginia's too far away. I don't see four teams to add to get to 16. Maybe I see two, but I just don't know that they have the academic profile outside of Kansas that the league wants, and Kansas is probably going to try and cut a deal with the Big Ten. So, it's not clear to me that there's anything obvious there, but this, to your other point, with the Big 12 gutted, now you've got three networks bidding for four leagues, and Disney, the ABC-ESPN combo, already has the SEC and the ACC locked up. So the pressure for CBS and Fox, if you're going to be in college football, you've got to cut a deal with the Big Ten, or you've got to cut a deal with the Pac-12. Historically, obviously, Fox has had its fingers in different ways, but they've, they've cut deals with both schools. CBS, are they going to want in after losing that SEC game? I think so. I think the Pac 12 is worth more money just because of supply and demand.
1: Yeah, I think the ESPN has made it clear what they're going after college football playoffs, the SEC, you know, the ACC, and they got a great deal there. That's a pretty bad TV contract, just like the Pac 12 signed uh, years ago. But that might be a good opportunity, like you said, for the Pac 12 with either CBS or Fox. Um, you just hope that those, those networks aren't going to de-emphasize things if ESPN has a monopoly on the best conference. And, you know, basically they have March Madness and, you know, the back in the day, the Big East and the ACC, they all that stuff. Um, will the others? Will it matter if you have some of the other leagues? I think it will. I think CBS and, and Fox are still going to be playing heavily in that space, and it could be good for the Pac-12 now that, you know, the Big 12 wouldn't be a, a factor. I think the you know there's only a couple of AAU schools in the Big 12, uh, maybe it's an Oklahoma State and a Texas Tech that that makes sense to to come over, or maybe it's better just to stay at 12. You don't want to add um, schools just for the sake of, of adding them if it's not going to bring value. And who knows? Maybe you know football drives this bus. Is there going to be football uh, only deals that are done where maybe you know you you know the water polo teams aren't going to have to go to Lubbock or whatever, but you could you know have football relationships with those in the Pac-12. So I, I think. For George Clayop, everything has to be on the table. What's going to maximize uh, your exposure, revenue, t- you know, f- future TV deals, all of that for the Pac-12, and that's what you have to do. Not just expanding for the sake of expanding, because you're right. There's not obvious fits. It'd be awesome to get Oklahoma or Texas. I mean, that's what uh, Larry, you know, Larry Scott tried, and you end up getting Colorado, so it was basically a paper cut to the the Big 12. Now this is, uh, you know, you've cut the you know femoral artery and. There, there's no way that the conference can survive without the two biggest brands. So there's, there's going to be schools there, and you maybe get them on the cheap, because they're, they're going to be desperate. I mean, that TV deal, I think they're making like $38 million a year, and it's probably going to get half of that without Oklahoma and Texas. So it's, it's going to be it's crazy right now. The college football landscape is going to be changing dramatically, and be interesting to hear what George Klayoffkoff has to say uh, tomorrow, Pac-12 Media Day.
0: Dr. Ryan Abraham performing surgery. Metaphors and similes, that's where it's at. Good work, Ryan. You nailed it. <laughs> so USC, we've heard this stuff about independence. Is there anything to that, or is that just uh, positioning and posing, and, but they're not really going to do it?
1: So I think similar to what George Klyovkov came in, and Larry Scott screwed up a lot of stuff, right? And I think when you heard him speak, he was addressing a lot of the problems and things that Larry Scott didn't do. I think Mike Bone did the exact same thing. They've had just incompetent leadership with former football players running the athletic department, and he, you know, he came on my podcast last year, and uh, I asked him that question. He said everything's on the table. It sort of reverberated through the, you know, the sports world. Um, but you know, recently he's come back and said, "Hey, he's happy with the Pac-12." Um, I feel like, you know, at this point, they you know, they know they have power, especially seeing Texas and Oklahoma leave. If you're the biggest brand in the conference. It's clear the conference needs you more than you need the conference. It's just that way. Will it? You know, will they be a, a bigger voice at the table? Will they have a bigger share of the pie? I think it just gives USC more options within the Pac-12. But there's also going to be suitors, you know. Like there's been reports out there, what, you know, if you know the other conferences like the Big Ten or whatever could come in and try to get some of the bigger brands in the conference too. So I think it gives USC some semblance of power. But from you know everything we've heard. It sounds like they're, you know, want to go along with the Pac-12 and, but have a a larger voice and what you, you know what could happen. So I think George Klayovkov has to keep uh, your you know the bigger brands happy. I, I know before Larry Scott was just more about parity. It didn't matter if you put Washington or Oregon or USC in a competitive disadvantage. You just wanted everyone to be happy. I don't think that's going to be the case with George Klayovkov. You got to keep the big brands happy, and I think they have to all work together. To try to make the Pac-12 as strong as possible, and and it's better for everyone if they're able to do that. But I think the days of parity and Oregon State's the same as UCLA, I think those days are over now.
0: So turning to the actual football competition that is in front of us, the first taste of that is the preseason poll. Rank the sixth in the South for us.
1: Oh, good one. Um, so. The, the funny thing is Arizona State is such a wild card right now. They you know Their tight ends coach was put on paid administrative mm-hmm. leave. Will any shoes drop between now and then? I, th- I think USC, Utah, and Arizona State are going to be the three favorites in the South. The Utah adding the transfers and stuff. I, think, I still think it's going to be USC um, at the top. And I'm probably going to go Utah, too, and Arizona State three. Uh you you know, they're the dark horse to me. I think they're they're knocking on the door. And uh, I, I like what Jedfish is doing, but I'll have to go Colorado uh fifth and then and, and Jedfish and the and the Wildcat sixth just because it's gonna take them a little bit of time. And they're on a twelve game losing streak. It's not like the team was coming in and uh, on fire or anything. So I think just Carl Durrell had one year. Uh this is Jedfish's first first go at it. And he has an advantage that he did have an off season where Carl Durrell didn't but I think that's kind of the order of the way things are to come down, but Arizona State could win the whole thing or they could lose their head coach and and be completely out of it. So that's the that's the big wild card factor for me because I think they could be you're know, a really talented team. Uh, there's just so much uh, uncertainty going on around that program right now.
0: And in the north, I still like Oregon.
1: Um, you know, that I I I feel like they've almost separated themselves a little bit. I Washington should be there, but there's something with Jimmy Lake. I'm I'm just not sure yet, but I think I'll go Washington, uh, to there. Uh, I like what Cal's doing. Um, So I think, you know, they got Chase Garber's back, so I'll go Cal uh, at number three. Then it gets a little, you know, I'm not sure where they're going to go from there. I think, you know, Washington State uh, has some opportunities there. That Oregon State fifth, and Stanford, I, uh, it's, it kills me to do this, because every time I count David Shaw out, uh, they come back and they, they have a great year. And, they, you know, they went 4-2 last year, but I just feel like it's, it's just not, the the wheels are coming off that train and, or that bus or whatever, and uh, I think they're going to finish last in the, in the North. I'm probably an idiot for saying that, but um, that's where I think Stanford's going to end up.
0: You want to explain to people in Utah about this USC-Stanford rivalry and what Stanford would think of a USC guy picking Stanford sixth?
1: <laughs> oh yeah they would hate that well you know they, they have like 12 fans total so it's not like there. i wouldn't get a whole lot of emails or phone calls or anything but now there it's funny we do the conference uh the, the podcast of champions and the stanford fans are great super smart they're knowledgeable there's just not that that many of them and they get on us you know uh we we thought they would be bad last year they didn't even practice they couldn't practice it at home <laughs> they go uh, you know and and they come out and they they win a bunch of games it's just for me, just what David Shaw has done, they're just not recruiting at the same level. It seems like you know they're, they're getting a lot of guys transferring out of the program. Something just doesn't seem right. I don't think they're ever going to get rid of David Shaw. He's going to have to leave and go to the NFL Network or something when he wants to. But, yeah, for me, me picking them last, I'm going to get a lot of flack for that.
0: <laughs> okay, so I just asked you about the divisions, but I have a theory here. The 12-team playoff, I know it's not official, but it feels like it's coming. And if indeed it happens... Then I think the divisions are done. And I think whether it's one 12 team uh, table, or if they expand, you know, it's just 13, 14, 15, 16, wherever this thing goes, it ought to go to an even number, obviously. Uh, yeah. It'll just be one list. Because in the divisions, you risk an eight and four, nine and three team winning a division and then 25th ranked. And winning the conference in one game and upsetting some team that's ranked 8th or 6th or 4th or whatever and knocking them down to 13th and knocking them out of the playoff. And the 25th team not rising up and getting there. So I think, even though it looks like the Big 12 is on the verge of dissolving here, what will live on if it happens there is that the Big 12's championship game just matched the top two teams. I think that's where the Pac-12 has to go so that they don't have a team that, in terms of the playoff, is nothing knocking out a team that is something.
1: Uh, yeah, I agree with you 100%. And, and the good thing is, you know, I don't know if Larry Scott would have wanted to do that, but, you know, because, oh, we want to be able to win your division. And, uh, hey, Colorado won the division, and that's great. But I think George Klyavkov knows you have to do whatever you need to do to maximize your playoff chances. And in a world where it's a 12-team playoff, divisions don't make sense. It was a few years ago at UCLA was six 6-6 and six in a championship game. They upset the North winner. And man, you got you got a lot of problems there. So yes, I agree with you. I feel like this is a situation that you have to be nimble. You have to adjust. If someone's mad because you're getting rid of the divisions, too bad. Like this is what you have to do to try to get the most teams and protect your teams to, from uh, getting eliminated from the, the college football playoffs. So exactly what you said, the way you describe it, you can't have that kind of situation. The days of putting your best teams at a competitive disadvantage over you can 't do that uh, you 've seen the you know, it didn't work in the s e c if anything was going to get in alabama 's way the s e c would make sure hey we 're not going to do this out of our way to make Alabama uh, go through a, hard, a tougher road you know and i don 't feel you can do that if, if there's a chance that Oregon gets upset and don 't make the playoff you can't you can 't do that, so I think the divisions will go away as soon as we know about the the playoff so it I mean this could take a while this could take a couple years. We might see this in the next year or so. Uh, with the new playoff, with a bigger SEC, it just depends. All these TV contracts, you know, they're, they're not over for a while. But it's probably in everyone's best interest to get these things uh, going faster. So, I, this is an interesting time in college football, for sure. So we just have to kind of hold on and see what
0: happens. We got two things happening right now, even as you speak, Ryan. One, I have a listener who is a Stanford fan reaching out to me with, "I need this guy to go." Classic USC guy. <laughs> <laughs> so there's 12 Stanford fans in Northern California and one in Utah and one in Utah right. is lighting you up. It was so predictable when I heard you haven't lived in California when you said that I thought yeah that's just USC Stanford that's that's going to happen right there. All right the second thing is more serious Yak, what did you just see? Who did you see it from? Bring Ryan up to speed while he's yakking with us. Well, it's a joint statement coming in from both Texas and the University of Oklahoma, saying that the University
2: of Oklahoma and the University of Texas at Austin have notified the Big 12 Athletic Conference today they will not be renewing their grants of media rights following the expiration in 2025.
0: You know what Vince Scully used to say, Ryan? To the track, to the wall, gone.
1: Yeah. Wow. So this is, uh, I mean, not expected. obviously. We thought it would come today but this is a you know that's four years right i mean is that going to happen are you going to let texas and oklahoma wither on the vine well they won't be wither on the vine. The, the conference will be and you know i don't think this is going to happen it's either going to be the big 12 dissolves and they can walk away or those two teams have to figure out a way to pay 75 i think it's like 75 million dollars each to get out um for oh so, Now we're on the clock. We know that they're going to go. Uh, Now they can officially go, hello, SEC, we'd be interested in joining you. And uh, what happens? I mean, the SEC could probably pay or everyone could kind of put it together. But this is uh, the timing now becomes when are they going to leave? And then obviously what happens? There's just going to be, I mean, is it ashes left for the Big 12? There's just no way. So those schools are going to be scrambling to try to do something. Um, and uh, obviously, we're going to hear something soon about the SEC in Texas and Oklahoma. Man, this is a, it's, a, it's an unexpected bomb drop. But man, it's a bomb.
0: It just feels like uh, to go with all the the analogies, the metaphors, and the similes here. Uh, the divorce is going to happen. Everybody's calling their lawyers, and you can leave, but I'm getting the house. Who gets the money? Who gets the TV yeah. contract? That's, that's where this is right now. If they're sending a letter, then it is on, and anything can be negotiated. And the price is money. And that's, yeah. that's where it is. Forget all the collegiality, blah, blah, blah. Right now, this is, this is all about the cash. Well, what are they paying to get out, and what do they have to leave behind? And the other eight have yeah. got to just – here's the thing, you, and you said this earlier, you can't add teams just to add teams. No league can do that. Now, maybe West Virginia can be Team 15. I think the ACC will always hold a spot for Notre Dame at 16. So yeah. West Virginia will make calls. West Virginia, Kansas, and Iowa State would all be crazy not to call the Big Ten. Yeah. Everybody, everybody else is calling the Pac-12. <laughs> so the Pac-12 has got to decide what they want. And is it going to come down to, you're right, the TV contract could shrink you know, by 50%, give or take a little bit. BYU, Houston, Memphis, Cincinnati, we know the schools they flirted with before. Do they add those four now and try to go on because nobody wants them? And do those schools want to jump in that boat thing and, well, is that boat going to come apart?
1: Yeah, there's so many options on the table. Unfortunately for the Pac-12, they're not great ones. Um, at least on paper, we're not seeing anything that's great. And maybe George Klayoff comes up with some crazy idea that we never even thought of and uh, makes the conference a lot of money, but there's, you're going to have to be nimble and you're going to have to be, I mean, this is huge news happening the day before Pac-12 media day. And, you know, the good thing is it's not the Pac-12 getting gutted. It's, it's the big 12, but you still are, you know, the 800 pound gorilla just, you know, put on some way, ate a few more cheeseburgers and it's going to be even bigger now. So you got to compete against that. And, uh, I think the Pac-12 has some options, uh, but we just don't see the great ones yet. So that's so I think, you know, George Kleoptoff gets paid the big bucks. He's got to come up with something special here to uh, really help his conference.
0: Ryan, I have these random thoughts, and and, and Yach knows this, and he's going to giggle because I'm going to throw out one that I've hit him with at 10-10 uh, after the show when we've been doing this. He's covering his face. Yach, what am I going to say right now? We haven't talked about this.
2: I've got about three that I can think of right off the top of my head.
0: But I'm only going to embarrass myself with one of them on the air. Which one's it going to be? <laughs> Come on, Yach. You don't want to guess? No. Name the school.
2: I'm not even going to guess.
0: Oh, Yach. All right. So if you bring in four teams from the Midwest and I get travel would be an issue and all that, nobody wants to play the night games. The Pac-12 will have value to CBS, Fox, ABC, and ESPN in that fourth window at Hawaii football only. They've already got the rest of their sports parked in the Big West. I don't know where Oklahoma State and Texas Tech had parked their sports. They'd probably find something. Hawaii's already done. They'll play the late games. You can build them up over time. And there's a lot of athletes in Hawaii. <laughs> there's a lot of athletes. It might give you an advantage in recruiting. Or maybe not, because kids in L.A. are going to Clemson and Alabama. How far out, How far out is that? I mean, is that just like way wild. out there by Pluto and can't even be considered?
1: <laughs> yeah, Pluto's not even a planet anymore, right? Or is? I don't it's know, not, if it's, if and it's that's back, the thing. So.
0: Hawaii might not be a Pac-12 school. I didn't pick <laughs> Neptune on purpose.
1: Yeah, I, I think that would be really tough as far as like just all everything as far as travel and stuff goes. If you're going to be a team that's further west of the Pac-12, um, they, they can't really. They'd still have to, you know, be a lot of travel for all the other sports.
0: I nope, nope Not the other sports. The other sports are already in the Big West. You're taking them football only. I'm not that crazy.
1: Just football. Okay, so similar to what you you know maybe do with like Texas Tech. Yeah, the Pac-12's, team, never,
0: uh, the Pac-12's never the pac never been open to that. I just don't know if they're desperate enough now that they would be open to it. Yeah, it's.
1: Uh, I think that you have to look at that possibility. You have to look at all of them. Um, I don't know. It, it, academically, I don't think all that stuff really adds up. Right. Uh, and it's you know they're playing in a a stadium that's going to be. I mean,
0: yeah, they're, gonna, I think, they're supposed to be building a new one, and they certainly would with Pac-12 money,
1: right? That would I would think that would help them uh, get there. And you know, I think Pac-12 recruits Hawaii pretty well already, but yeah, that that might be a little bit of a stretch. But you know, who knows? It'd be uh, you got to keep all options on the table. If it works, if you can run the numbers and it works, it's going to work well and help the conference. Then yeah, you can do it. But I don't know. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't bet on that one happening.
0: Ryan, we appreciate the time. Thanks for coming on, and uh, we'll talk to you again as the season gets closer.
1: Sounds good. Thanks for having me.
0: Ryan Abraham, USCFootball.com, host of the podcast of champions, and a guy who gets on the nerves of Stanford fans everywhere. PK is going to join us next, and we'll talk more about Oklahoma and Texas. They're sending the letter. Barry Trammell said he was 80% sure it's going to happen, so that number's climbing. You send the letter, you're moving into 100% territory. PK's next. Stay with us. DJ PK brought to you in part by Davis Vision. Davis Vision loves teachers. If your teacher needs LASIK, Davis Vision wants to give back, schedule a free consultation appointment, and inquire about additional savings to their summer sale price. Call them today at 801-253-3080. 801-253-3080. Or check them out at davisvisionmd.com. Time to welcome in PK checking in. And PK, your mom was right before her time. She beat all the college football recruiters on the SEC story. She was famous for saying (laughs) money loves money. And now Oklahoma and Texas send the letter to the Big 12 on the grant of rights. They are preparing to jump to the SEC. Money loves money. And Oklahoma and Texas love the SEC. She was right.
2: Well, uh, also for myself here. I have sent a letter to our organization that I will renew my grant of rights. <laughs> yes.
0: I think that's a good thing for most employees in the U.S. to send, you know. And
2: I love money, too. So, <laughs> hopefully there'll be more of it down the line. There you go. I like the way you think. <laughs> yes, it's very important. So,
0: you are a PAC... No, you're not a PAC-8 guy because Arizona and Arizona State got into the and made it the PAC-10 But the Pac-10, that gives you three and a half, no, four going on four and a half decades of equity in the league, and basically that makes you a lifelong fan. So I'm curious, you look at eight of the teams, and you know the game now, either those eight stick together and bring in two or four more teams, or those eight cut deals and try to jump to other conferences, and realistically those eight are going to try and do both things at the same time. As a Pac-12 lifer, any of those eight excites you?
2: I don't know if they excite me. I don't know that the Pac-12 needs to expand just because the SEC is, because you're never going to chase down the SEC to begin with. Right. So why go and try to do something that you don't want to do? And if you want to do it, that's an entirely different story. But, I mean, I don't go to Hawaii. I heard you talking to Ryan there. Just because Texas and Oklahoma are going to the SEC doesn't mean the Pac-12 need to go to Hawaii just to get some games on at 2 in the morning back east that no one's going to be paying attention to anyway. Uh, so I don't know about that, but you investigate, you investigate everything. Sure. Yeah. The thing that I'm more concerned about from the PAC 12 perspective is not necessarily expanding. I mean, Oklahoma state to me is something that is worthwhile. Then you check out TCU, you check out Texas tech, uh, obviously Kansas basketball is really good. Kansas state football has had a decent program and a lot of different programs, sports, I should say. So you would see that, but you know, you, you have to, to me, the bigger concern for the Pac 12 is the, not from the expansion fallout, but the fallout potentially of other programs saying, hey, wait a second here. I mean, SUSC, do they fall further behind revenue speaking as the SEC becomes so dominant? And basically, the SEC is a super league now in terms of having like Kevin Durant join the Warriors. And we know what happened there when they did that. And so now does anybody really pay attention or how much attention do they pay beyond Clemson and uh, Ohio state outside of the ACC? And so in that regard, does the PAC 12 fall further behind? And so does SC say, Hey, wait a second. Does uh, Washington does Oregon, you know, what are the, the, power brokers, so to speak, of the Pac-12 do as far as that goes. And what what does the eight remaining of the big 12, what do they do? Do they because there's been all sorts of talk. It's been out there for a long time now of going and poach the Arizonas. And what what type of deal can they set up? Because if they can strengthen or fortify themselves does that weaken the Pac 12 even more? So I don't look at it as far as the Pac 12 expanding. I look about uh, maybe uh, reducing teams and what do these others who have options do if they want to use these options?
0: That's interesting. Reducing teams, invite a couple people to leave the party. That isn't how college sports has worked. But it is also pretty easy to look and say, you know, which teams bring the least value and. Thanks for playing. The door's on your right.
2: Yeah, to me, you know, uh, on, uh, what was it? Uh, when did it happen? On Thursday when the news came. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I was off that day, although I I was housebound. We were having carpet put in. And so it was a six-hour project. So I couldn't go anywhere. I had to stay there. And so I fired up the satellite and listened to all these national shows spent all that time and also was preparing for uh, the media day that we're having here and uh, went through every team, did deep, even deeper dives. Uh, I still have Washington state and Oregon state left, but I did deeper dives than I normally do on 10 PAC 12 teams. So listening to just a whole bunch of uh, people the the things that they're concerned about from the Pac-12 is not necessarily adding teams, but if teams leave. So this, and, and I don't think you can understate this. I think this has the potential to be The greatest, how can I say this, uh, earth shattering college football news that we've had since, uh, what was it? uh, When did they decide that uh, TV contracts could be divvied up way back when? I think that, you know, that was a big thing. And I think this, yeah, in the 80s, right. And this has the potential to be bigger because this is just two teams potentially, two athletic programs potentially moving. But I think the fallout is going to be far, far greater than simply two teams moving from one conference to another.
0: So, and I think a lot of people listening agree with that, and they can see how any of those other eight teams might be on the move or how those eight teams might be trying to bring in two to four teams. But your point is, yes, yes, but expand beyond that. You know, and the the Big Ten is the second most valuable league. And they are thinking, how do we keep up with the SEC? And if they really think outside the box, because there was a time when 12-, 14-, and 16-team leagues were unthinkable. And now they are thinkable. But if they're going to expand and add teams, USC and Oregon are two huge brands. If you wanted four teams, I think USC, UCLA, Oregon, and Washington – So as you listen to all those shows, did they get any specifics? Would it be more? Would it be six or eight teams to have a division out west and make it a massive TV contract? What are they thinking?
2: Uh, Yes, to basically everything there. I mean, literally everything, as you just said, is on the table. So, yeah, they're not necessarily going down uh, road number one, two, or three. They're going down all of them to see what is going on. I mean, this is a crazy time. Now, this news was just explosive beyond explosive, right? It dominated uh, college sports and will continue to do so. Uh, it, It is so crazy. David James the III, you know that song that it never rains in Southern California? It yep. is raining in Southern California as we speak. Man, so they when, need- that <laughs> happens, when that happens, you know that this is a weird, weird world in which we live. So all of those things are out there. And I can't pinpoint A, B, or C because everything is available right now. Because the Big 12, or excuse me, the Big 10 has at least their ballpark being able to keep up with the SEC. You know, I'm not sure the other conferences are now, especially. They couldn't before, and they're certainly not going to now, you know, if this thing comes to pass. And in whichever configuration that it does, and we know they sent the letter this morning. But there's still opportunities for them to stay if they get more money, what have you. But this is the first step. It certainly looks that direction, and we've got a few years, depending. And you told me years ago. I can. I was thinking of you the other day. Well, they're not going to get out until 24, 25. Yeah, but everything is negotiable, right? So you know, three, four years could be three, four months, and they could be playing in 20. What's it? 21. They could be playing in 2022 for all we know. So yeah, I think all of these athletic uh, conferences are going to have to figure out what's best for them. And then individual schools are going to have to figure out what's best for them. And, you know, we, we wouldn't have thought that it's just a smaller level, the implosion of WAC football or the implosion of Big East football. Who's to say that there's not one of these power five conferences that doesn't exist the way we know it in a year from now?
0: Yeah. And the Big 12 is at the front of the line, but to your point, it's not crazy to see the Pac-12 remade. And I right. think the thing it comes down to is supply and demand. Cartels and monopolies can make a lot of money. And so, I, I read this a long time ago. I think when I read it, and I don't know who to credit for, um, but when I read it, I think we still had six leagues. I don't think the Big East had been... Uh, had been devastated by the ACC yet. And they said the TV networks have more of the power because at that point you only had kind of two networks. Fox wasn't maybe really into football at that point. You only had a couple networks that were interested really in jumping into the deep end of the college football pool. Fox may have been dabbling, NBC dabbles with Notre Dame. But you got six leagues and you got two TV networks, so the leagues have to cater to the networks but the leagues all knew they'd have more power if there were fewer of them. So now we're going to have four power leagues and if there's some kind of Pac-12 Big 10 merger restructure, you know, do do the do the eight most valuable Pac-12 brands go with the eight most valuable Big 10 brands and form a 16-team league. Or is it 12 and six? You know, I mean, you can go to any permutation combination of numbers. But the fewer bidders, the more CBS, Fox, and ABC, ESPN think, well, we got to get this league. I mean, the pressure's on Fox and CBS now. ABC, ESPN's already locked up the SEC and the ACC. So if you're going to make money on the weekends in the fall, you're going to televise football. And if you're going to televise football, you're going to make a deal with the Pac 12 and the Big 10. Regardless of whether that deal is good, very good or great, you're going to have to make it.
2: Oh, for sure. Yeah, I, I think that one of the things that I feel probably the most strong, I don't necessarily know in what type of formula, but I think we're going to see a breakaway. The NCA is being phased out. Uh, that uh, To me, that's abundantly clear as we know it anyway, as some rules uh Jurisprudence, if that makes That's, sense. That know. part's in, toast. In, in, yeah. yeah, they're, they're right.
0: here. in Emmerd statement last week. They're right. basically here to run championships, and so right. you don't have to break away from them if they just let go and receive. You know, you don't have to move out of your parents' house if your parents tell you you don't have a curfew. Come and go as you please.
2: Yeah. So with that in mind, I think that there's going to be some, some form of breakaway the way we know uh, FBS and FCS and all that stuff. And so I think these, these, Basically, these power brokers are going to form their own league and decide how many teams or programs they're going to invite in and, you know, how they're going to set it up. Is it going to be an American conference and a national conference, basically, like Mm -hmm. the NFL does? You know, I think that's where we're going and we're going to get there probably sooner than we anticipated. But I think that's the direction. So. If you're a fan of whatever, we'll use Utah and BYU, obviously, as the lead examples, since those are our listener schools, that you got to find a way to make sure you're in, in whichever manner you can be in. And is it going to be like uh, some of these programs, like uh, uh, in the, uh, I think in the 90s or the 2000s, my favorite band, the Eagles, they basically said, hey, Henley and Fry, we're the ones driving this, so we're going to get more than you get. And so the one guy sued and all that stuff, and he was kicked out of the band. The other two guys decided to stay, but they don't get as much money. Would there be something along those lines to where, all right, well, I'm Alabama, but I need to play somebody, but I'm not (laughs) going to necessarily share everything. You know, for years and years, BYU carried the whack. And they were getting the same same TV money as Wyoming. And we know Boise State uh, cut some individual deal here Mm -hmm. when they – renegotiated with the Mountain West. So what my guess is, is going to be something along those lines too, even within the halves, there's going to be differences in that way. I mean, we're, we're, we're kind of already seeing it. You know, when Nick Saban comes out and says a quarterback who's never started a game has already earned a million dollars through the NIL. Well, There's hardly anybody else who can do that. What he was saying is, come one, come all, if you're a big-time football player. I mean, that's the point of bringing that up, is that he was recruiting as he was saying that, obviously. So I don't know that we're going to see an even division of money, even within the same division, so to speak.
0: And it seems for a long time now that the magic number for college football and big-time programs has been in the mid-60s. That number has moved a little bit as leagues have reorganized. But I think to the point you brought up, it doesn't have to stay there. Everything's negotiable. And what if that number gets dropped down into the 40s or 50s? I mean, the NFL obviously has conquered the country with 32 teams. And college football has got to be looking at those models. And, And again, the NFL, all the networks have to come to the NFL if they want pro football. So the leverage and the power is with them. And that's what I think continues to drive the consolidation that you say is going to keep happening. That's what's going to drive it. The more conferences there are, the more power the networks have. The fewer conferences there are, the more the power goes from whoever's buying the video rights, because I probably shouldn't say networks anymore. Whoever's buying the video rights, and is that going to be you know, Amazon or Netflix or Google, whoever. But whoever's buying the rights, there's more power as they drop the number of rights holders. And it looks like with the Big 12, we're going from five to four. I mean, there are other deals out there, and they'll televise the Mountain West, and they'll televise the American. But the heavy hitters to get the overwhelming share of the money are those power five, now four leagues. So we're down from six to five to four, and are we going to three? It seems like that's the way to bet in the long run.
2: 2 1 blast off, and also, <laughs> I know we got to go here. Is you've been talking when you just had Ryan Amer, I Rammy mean, talking about putting sports in other leagues or another yes. league? No, see, I don't think that that necessarily needs to happen because they can stay in that league. Like the WAC lost football, but they still had the WAC. So you still have the Pac 12 for the other sports, right? But it's actually the football programs that leave. leave. The other sports stay, but the football programs leave.
0: That. Makes a lot of sense logically, but emotional PK has to realize, man, those schools that get left behind when schools leave, are they still going to want to be in the league? Maybe they will be. Yeah,
2: but see it wouldn't be like motion. everybody everybody in the in the in the WAC or Mountain West, I should say, hated BYU when they did what they did, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, they understood TCU and they understood Utah. BYU is like, how dare you? We're never gonna play you. We know all that story yeah. that was ten plus years ago. But when there's a bunch of them leave and it's obvious to do that for the money, I think the feelings even though they may be frayed a little bit, it's more understandable because who do I hate? If I've got SC, Oregon, Washington, whomever uh, that leave, well, who do I hate more? You know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas BYU did it by themselves, so they hated them uh, because of who they were. Right. So I think there's, different, there's a potential of drastically different circumstances there.
0: But if, uh, let's say, Oregon State, Washington State, and Arizona were left out, and whoever else, uh, who are they going to play? They want to maintain those associations, you know, assuming basketball doesn't get sucked up into that. I mean, they are going to want to uh, – so. Right. Although maybe you're right. Maybe it's more about, hey, you just got to play the, – the tennis teams have to play more locally. This is crazy flying tennis teams from Seattle to Phoenix. What, what, what are we doing here? What, what,
2: yeah, I've been saying that they they for doing? years.
0: Right. And at some point, maybe as they sit down and scratch out numbers on the bottom line, somebody decides – Hey, if you're in Oregon or Washington, we can find we can find six, eight, ten schools here and and stay off airplanes so much. Right. All right. DJ and PK, you know, that would mean less miss class time, too, because this is first and foremost an academic endeavor. Am I
2: right? Am I, I right? I, that's what I heard. I've heard that like 30 years ago or 20 years ago, drummed into me every day from October to March. Yeah. All right. <laughs> P.K.,
0: thanks for checking in. We're going to hear you Pac-12, me today. Deep dive, just before we go. Deep dive, have you found one? Okay, no, I've been told I can't even ask you this. We'll get it tomorrow. <laughs> Yack okay. is dropping the hammer. He's back from vacation. He's dropping the hammer. Thanks, P.K.
2: Okay, see you. Bye.
0: DJ and P.K., coming up, Steve Cleveland, our basketball insider, about 15 minutes away. What can be done to help the U.S. basketball team win gold? Or... They're just not going to do it. We'll talk with Steve coming up. Stay with us.
2: The Big shoe. with Jake Scott and Gordon Monson.
0: Sam Amick, senior NBA writer for The Athletic. The fact that the
1: Bucks had struggled in previous years to get to the promised land, maybe that's an indicator it can happen for a team like the Jazz.
0: No doubt the West parody is going to be wild. When Monty Williams is getting emotional, talking about you don't know if you're going to be back to the finals, it really struck a chord with me because it was like, that's particularly true in the West. If the Jazz got a few breaks here and there, this could have been them. And maybe it'll be them next year, who knows. But, you know, Jazz will be right there again. Just the numbers alone, if you've got six, seven teams with the type of talent where you can imagine a scenario where they get to the finals and who knows how it unfolds.
2: Catch the Big Show weekdays from 2 to 7 presented by Big O Tires the team you trust on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in The Zone Sports Network.
0: From building concepts to launching your product line on Amazon, Angora is there. Want real tangible profits within the first year? Angora will explain how it's done. Angora's team of professionals educates you on how they build you a revenue stream on Amazon's e-commerce platform. You can create real sustainable growth. Find out how at angora.solutions. There you can sign up for a free partnership consultation. Go to angora.solutions and let them begin building your Amazon
2: e-commerce business.
0: Do you snore at night? You could be suffering from sleep apnea, a serious medical condition. Be one of the first 25 people to call Sound Sleep Medical and receive a free sleep consultation, normally a $200 value. SoundSleep Medical uses a custom-fitted oral appliance instead of a cumbersome CPAP machine to treat sleep apnea. Most insurance companies and Medicare cover oral appliance therapy. To learn more, call 801-285-9731
1: or visit SoundSleepMedical.com.
0: Hey guys, Jake here from my friends at Zero Res. Declare freedom from dirt, spills and pet accidents with Zero Res carpet cleaning. July is for celebrating, hiking, boating and all things in the sun. Keep your weekend easy and let Zero Res do the work with their patented process. First, they use their ZR lifter which has counter-rotating brushes. And now, really? Your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealer's strong play of the weekend. Really? Right field. a laser and it's gone. 35. Shohei. Showtime in Minneapolis. 35th home run. That ball's crushed. There is the Chevy Strong play of the game. Shohei Otani. 35th homer. Breaks a 2-2 tie. The Angels score three in the ninth and win 6-2. Know it today at 4.50 on the Big Show, and you can win fabulous prizes. All right, coming up, Steve Cleveland, our basketball insider, is going to join us. What can be done to get the U.S. Olympic team on track? They lost to France 83-76, or is it too late? These guys, they need a team that plays together more than one summer. They need the best players to play, and they don't have either one of those things. There's no LeBron, there's no Steph Curry. There's no Chris Paul. There's no Donovan Mitchell. I mean, we can go down the line. Too many elite guys who could have helped this team aren't playing, and they need to play together more than one summer. Joe Ingles is playing in his fourth Olympic Games. Half that Australian team has been together for two or three Olympics. Some of them have been together for four. And they play in the World Cups. So they're playing at least every other summer, and maybe more than that. And the U.S. isn't so if you don't send your best players and it's an all-star team, is this what you get? We'll talk with Steve Cleveland about that. And also, the Jazz. they got to be all-in the next three years. They're close to a championship. They had the best record in the NBA. They're in the mix. And now, Rudy Gobert's 29. This is not a young team anymore. Rudy's about to turn 30. You figure he's got three or four years, and his... Elite mobility for a guy of that size with his elite wingspan. It's an unusual combination, but at some point, you'll lose half a step. And for most guys, 32, 33, 34, that's when that's happening. So, these are Rudy's best years. And Donovan Mitchell, we know he signed a five-year deal, but the fifth year is at his option. And we know how it works with Anthony Davis in New Orleans and with James Harden in Houston. If somebody wants out, well, you don't really have four years, then you'd have three, right? And even if he doesn't want out, a big part of this team is built around Rudy's ability to defend. And the elite level he defends at, how many more years is he going to be able to do that? Three, four, five? So the Jazz have to be all in right now. And they gotta be all in for the next three years. And that may that may be it for this group. Or Maybe these guys, like Stockton alone, will be freakish and be elite at 35-36. But right now, the Jazz have to be all in. And what does that mean? Where are the moves to be made in this offseason? We'll talk with Steve Kluven about that coming up next. Stay with us.